You know, less than a decade ago, many who believed in aliens were called crazy or fanatic and paranoid even. But now the United States has a space force dedicated to protecting our planet. So is it really hard to believe that there is a species of man-like creatures living in the wild and remote forest of North America? Let's look at the evidence presented by our quote-unquote specialist and see if we can convince you that not only are we not alone in the universe, but we are also not alone on this planet. So let's sort through all the blurry photos and shaky video and see if we can get some actual convincing evidence. All right? I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and Unexplained. In the Himalayan foothills, it's called a Yeti, or abominable snowman. In Russia, they say Almasty. In Kayser, North Carolina, they call him Nobby. And the rest of North America refers to them as Bigfoot or Sasquatch. Wherever you go, there is a folklore involving a creature that falls somewhere between man and gorilla on the evolutionary scale. We started our research with a self-proclaimed skeptic, Mr. Les Stroud, along with the documentary by Todd Standing, which was called Discovering Bigfoot. You can actually watch it on YouTube for free, with ads, of course. Standing followed PhD after PhD through the woods to structures that were believed to be made by Bigfoots. They were essentially thin trees, broken and stacked in a TP-shaped form. They are in very isolated areas and show no signs of human or animal interaction. Standing believes they communicate by breaking or moving trees to signal tracks, boundaries, and even warnings for humans to stay away, as well as using rocks and sticks along with noises like pops and whoops to signal over distances. Todd Standing, who had the most compelling video I have ever seen, still spent the majority of his documentary being in front of the camera and just talking to himself in the woods. If his footage is real and his story not grossly exaggerated, then he has proven the existence of Bigfoot more so than anyone I've seen in the past. His evidence suggests that the humanoid hiding in the Canadian wilderness is highly intelligent, mostly peaceful, extremely organized, and numbering nearly 15,000 in population. Now I know that sounds like a lot, but the area of Canada that we're talking about is larger than the continental United States and home to about 15 million people. Many of the encounters over the years and around the world have been proven as hoaxes, including the most famous blurry photo of Bigfoot, which turned out to be a man walking in a monkey suit. And yes, you know the one I'm talking about, and I will give you more on that later. Now, back to Todd standing. Todd and the specialist in his group could not understand why people did not believe in Sasquatch, especially after all that he had seen and the video that he captured. Now I must say, he captured several videos that stopped me in my tracks. Clear faces of humanoid type figures staring straight at his camera. The amount of energy and planning that would have to be put into pulling off a stunt like this just makes me stop and question his motives. However, after spending 20 years in the woods alone with very little exciting news other than some great wild animal footage, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that one or a few of these enthusiasts could have put this together. 
but as I said, Todd's material is definitely convincing. He claims to have captured on clear video three different members of a group of Sasquatch that he had been interacting with for years. Now, though these videos are fascinating, we live in a world of scrutiny and doubt. So thinking back to the most popular Bigfoot images, like the Patterson Gremlin footage, which I'm sure you're all familiar with, we tend to proceed with caution. Speaking of, let's get back to that for a quick second. The Patterson Gremlin film, as it's referred to, was once the holy grail of Bigfoot proof. It was a 27 second clip that showed what appeared to be a Bigfoot sauntering across a California beach in broad daylight. In 2016, however, a radio show dedicated to finding proof of Bigfoot exposed the fraud with a series of interviews involving author Greg Long, who interviewed many people, including the man who wore the suit during the filming. That's right. And also the man who sold the suit to Mr. Patterson himself. So, along with several other witnesses, the show was able to prove that the film was no more than an elaborate hoax. Here for yourself. Here's first the audio from author Greg Long. And uh, I had heard of Roger Patterson, of course, the film, having seen it on television for many years. Um, and was curious about the film and also the man behind it, Roger Patterson. Um, by talking to some residents there, I was given some names of people who were uh, very uh, open to talking about Roger, who he was, his character. And suddenly I found myself inundated with so much uh, uh, evidence, so many uh, stories from so many people in that community that I eventually uh, discovered the man who wore this Bigfoot costume, and that's, of course, Bob Aronimus. I ended up doing f uh, over 40 interviews. Uh, almost all were audio taped in these uh, individuals' homes, uh, some, of course, by phone. Uh, did a uh, research in newspaper files. I looked into criminal records, the background of uh, Patterson himself, uh, the background of Bob Gimlin, Bob Aronimus, uh, Al Diatley, of course, who it was Roger Patterson's uh, brother-in-law who funded uh, Roger's uh, expeditions, as he called them, to look for Bigfoot. And a story finally fell into place, which uh, absolutely shocked me, that this film was simply a hoax. It was planned and organized by a small group of people. Bob Hieronymus, having uh, been and still is a tall man, a very husky and well-built young man at the time, was invited to wear a Bigfoot costume. He, in fact, put it on there in the back of Roger Patterson's house. Uh, Patty Patterson, Roger's um, uh, wife, actually was standing at the kitchen window and looked at uh, Bob Hieronymus, put it on. And uh, so many facts came out about this case that it was quite obvious that it was uh, carefully planned out by a man, Roger uh, Patterson, who actually was chronically unemployed and had a history of conning people. Uh, even Rene DeHinden, who is no longer with us, who is a famous uh, Bigfoot researcher himself and ultimately made money off of Patterson's film, uh, told me in an interview that uh, Patterson was a crook but that we should ignore the fact that he was a crook and uh, look at the film only. And that was really the evidence was the film and not the man behind it. But uh, me, for me, um, I don't like lies. I don't like liars. I like honesty. I like forthrightness, and I like facts. And so I've concluded uh, after all those many interviews and 
four years of research and writing that it indeed is a hoax. And that's, that's how it all came about. Initially, my being close to Yakima, my ability to get over there quickly and simply dig into uh, the stories. And that's how it all came about. Again, that was author Greg Long. He wrote the book, The Making of Bigfoot, The Inside Story. Now, this same radio station that interviewed Greg Long also interviewed Bob Hieronymus, the guy who wore the suit. And you got to hear it from the man himself. Here it is. Uh, I ran around with Bob Gimlin for a while there. We broke a few horses and uh, rode in the mountains quite a bit and chased a few cows. And, uh, him and Roger were good buddies. So uh, Roger came up with this idea, you know, about this Bigfoot thing. And, uh, of course, he, uh, Philip Moore saw, uh, sent him the suit. Well, uh, Bob came to me one day and said, uh, we're looking for a strong guy, you know, uh, that could uh, the, wear this suit. He said, uh, and not, uh, you know, tell anybody. So he said, uh, if you come up there and put the suit on, uh, you know, and go to California and, and do the film, we'll give you $1,000. Well... So I went up to Roger's place up there on the South Fork of Tampico and uh, tried this suit on, and and uh, he showed me how he wanted me to walk. Well, everybody says I walked that way anyway, so it was no problem, you know. And he said, that's, that's just exactly the way I want it. I uh, pulled in there exactly at 5 o'clock, and Bob or Roger, I forgot, I think it was Bob, come over to the car and said, uh, you know, uh, pull off, there's a pull-off down the road here ways. He said, go down there and wait for us. We don't want to have people seeing me talk to you, you know, or the three of us together. So pulled off the road there and uh, hid the car uh, with a, in a bunch of buck brush. We piled a brush around it, you know, so that nobody would see it from the road. And uh, we went to sleep there. And uh, the next morning we got up and saddled the horses and put the suit was in a gunny, big gunny sack. So... Roger carried it behind his horse, and I jumped on behind Bob and my horse, and we rode up, I don't know, half a mile or whatever. And uh, uh, this is a place they had picked out uh, when the, they first got there. And uh, so they helped me put the suit on, and uh, Roger said, okay, I'll go over to this by this tree over here. And he said, uh, when I tell you to start walking, do your walk. Well, he claimed that the horse of my horse was bucking, but uh, my horse didn't know how to buck, but uh, he was uh, jiggling the film up and down. That's why you see it was, you know, jumping up and down. Anyway, he finally stopped and as I was going by, and uh, I, we had already uh, determined when I would turn my head and look at him and, uh, and keep on walking. Well, I have a prosthesis high, and uh, I had two or three extra ones, and that was my suggestion. I said, okay, Roger, uh, when I turned to look at you, if you would take one of these eyes and mold it in the right side, when I turned to look at you, I'll be, my, this eye will be looking right straight at you. And sure enough, you know, he, he said, what a, that's a hell of an idea. And uh, he went ahead and put the mold, you know, molded the eye in there. And uh, as, you, as you can see, on the film, in the close-up, uh, my right eye is protruding out so you can see it. And the left eye is sunk back in there, half inch or inch or whatever is inside. That's the one the, that glistens in the sun, right? That yeah, that's that was my prosthesis eye. So I kept on walking through there, and they stopped the film, and there was a big old blowed off tree uh, over tree there, and um, I jumped down in that hole in that, and it was hot, you know. 
in uh, I think it was around the end of September, around the first of October, right in that area. And uh, I was sweating, my God, you know, it was terrible hot. And I was also afraid somebody was going to shoot me, you know, walking down through there. So I yelled, uh, uh, get this son of a bitch off me. And uh, they come running over there and jerked the head of it off and then got me out of it. And uh, So who helped you on with the waders to make the, uh, the hips and the padding, the, uh, the uh, pillow in the back by the butt? I sat down on a log and uh, uh, pushed my feet in, you know, into the suit like, uh, I don't know, we put on a snowmobile suit or something. And uh, then I just zipped it up in the back and combed the hair across it, you know, zipper. And, uh, and then they put the, the last part was the head went on. What about and, the, uh, uh, the shoulder pads? The shoulder pads were uh, uh, no football uh, shoulder pads he got from the high school up here. It was some beat up ones, so. Okay. And what about and then, uh, if you notice, if you really look, if you really look at the film on my right hip, you'll see a square little thing sitting down there. That was my damn wallet sticking out. <laughs> well, you know, these scientists can't figure that out, or you know. So <laughs> let me ask you this: uh, how how did you make the arms look so much longer? Going down uh, there too. Uh, they were uh, uh, the 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 uh, arms were longer than my arms. Uh, he put a, a some uh, like a glove inside there, you know, and a stop where that my when my hand come down to uh, touch them, they were well, I don't know, six, eight, ten inches longer, or whatever it was in my real uh, arms. Those were just extensions on there. Okay. All right. So now after they stopped filming and we found out now this film did not get shot it was either at the end of September or the 1st of October so it was not shot on the 20th of October like they said they also said that they showed the film in LDL's house on October the 20th how could that be when the film had to go to California to get developed supposedly and, and sent back to Alf now that's correct now ladies and gentlemen listen to the time factor here okay it don't jive. It would be if the timeline was the end of September, ladies and gentlemen, see if you can follow this story, to, or the 1st of October. Now it's three weeks later. Okay, it's the 20th of October. They were watching that in Diatley's home, and then this big press conference came out. Oh, my God, look what we shot today. Is that correct? That's correct, but how could it be uh, filmed on the 20th and shown on the 20th of his house? <laughs> That's the whole point. So when that was all done, you, you, where did you go from Eureka, California? Did you go back to Washington? Yes, I come straight home, yes. Mm -hmm. Did he pay you the money? No, I've never got, I've never got a dime from him, no. Did, did you ever question Roger or, or Bob Gimlin and say, hey, when are you going to come across with my money? Oh yeah, I, uh, yeah, Waylon Jennings, you know the uh, the uh, Western singer, yeah, Waylon Jennings, yeah, was having a concert down here in town. Well, we went down there, me and a bunch of guys from around here, everybody, and uh, Aldi Atley was there, and uh, we were out there dancing, and the dance was over. I asked Al, I said, uh, Hey Al, uh, when you guys ever gonna pay me my thousand bucks? And uh, he said, That's between you and Roger. And that was in the conversation. Yeah, so there you have it. It's kind of a bubble burster, huh? 
probably the most popular video about Bigfoot, the most convincing thing we've had for so long. It sucks that it just gets thrown out like that. You know what's funny? I watched a History Channel special on Bigfoot, and it didn't incorporate Standing or um, Les Stroud, any of these guys, um, but there were quote-unquote experts who were analyzing this tape and basically what they came they came to the conclusion that no human could have possibly been in the suit um, because of the dimensions of the suit but when you hear the man describe how he had shoulder pads on he had you know uh, things stuffed in the arms to make his arms appear longer um, and all these he had a pillow in the butt or whatever all these different things they had it just it kind of makes a lot more sense as to why as to why it couldn't be debunked because it, it wasn't the shape of a normal human so it, i just found that very interesting and wanted to get that out there but it is still very widely believed that this video could be real it really could but it just doesn't make sense why would such an elusive creature just walk around so casually on a beach and look at humans with devices in their hands, whether it be a camera or a gun, and they also had horses there. It just doesn't make sense, and it's never happened again. Why are these Why are these Sasquatches not sunbathing with us on the beaches of California if they're this comfortable? I don't get it. it doesn't make any sense. So, let's get back to what I think is is the most convincing evidence, and which is the evidence produced by Todd Standing, at least in my opinion. Okay. The images that Standing produced are much clearer and thus much harder to refute as hoaxes. For instance, in Standing's documentary, he captures an ape-like man standing behind a tree. His eyes are round and black, like something out of a Neil Gaiman animation. His face and body are covered in what appears to be thick fur or hair, and where there is no fur on the face, his skin is a light shade of gray. The nose is extremely wide, and the mouth and chin are mimicked of a silverback gorilla. There are both pictures and videos. One of the other videos was a little less convincing to me because the eyes were different, but either way, they are still very convincing. The first one looked like it had sewn on buttons, but the last image that he showed in the dock showed a face from between two trees peeking out, and the creature's eyes were more like a person. They seem like they had more more depth, almond-like in shape, and, heavy, and also a heavily wrinkled forehead with black skin and fur. Now, I'm no Bigfoot expert, but it's possible that they are more diverse in looks than we give them credit for. Look at humans, for example. Stand Shaq beside Dolly Parton. You see what I mean? But in all seriousness, I'm really not sure on the topic. I wouldn't say I'm a believer, but if they are real, I believe the following facts are true. For one, Bigfoot does not want to be found. These creatures are believed to be living in some of the harshest environments in the world. And that seems to be a common theme no matter where the Sasquatch is from. They are most active at night when cameras don't work or the lighting is too bad to see anything. And they are smart enough to know that the humans they observe on a regular basis are dangerous and they need to hide from us. If Todd Standing's images are to be believed, then they have large, round-shaped eyes, and that may indicate that they are more of an underground or cave-dwelling species. Perhaps we have not found them because we assumed that they would live more like us. Standing did use infrared and night vision several times throughout his documentary, but nothing was really able to be made clear. 
I went into this with an open mind, hoping that someone could provide proof that a Bigfoot exists. And their efforts just made me more confused. Do I believe in the possibility of a previously unknown species existing among us in the world in unexplored crevices? A creature more like us than the most advanced primates? A creature capable of toppling trees and throwing 100-pound logs with no effort? A creature who scavenges like a bear, lives like a primate, and walks and thinks like a man? I don't know. I believed in aliens before the government announced their existence. I believed in the existence of a giant squid before they caught one. And I'm waiting for definitive proof of the Megalodon. So it's not that far-fetched for me to say, yeah, I believe in the possibility of Bigfoot. A humanoid species living amongst us and thriving on the natural world around them, all while staying elusive to the world. It's not crazy, especially if they live underground. But what is hard for me to believe in most of these circumstances is the people who want to present it. But to be far... In order for things on the fringe to be discovered, they have to be examined by those who are willing to also live on the fringes of society. Most of them are disconnected and even obsessed. They must do the unusual and go to places that no one else is willing to go to. This puts them in the perfect mindset and locations to capture the proof that they seek. But then when they bring it to other more respected members of their communities, they are laughed at and ridiculed, understandably. Because of that and the fact that people like Les Stroud and Todd Standing are still convinced and still working to bring proof, that makes me believe a little bit more. The focus and dedication that some people put in is more proof than the images they take, in my opinion. But Standing claims that he wants to prove the existence purely for the scientific discovery and governmental protection that comes along with the definitive proof. However, with the extent that most of these people have gone through to find these creatures, it seems that they are not only smart enough, but capable enough to not need our protection, but instead would most likely benefit from our absence. The only threat I can see at this time to Bigfoot is the people trying to expose them. In order for the scientific community to acknowledge Standing's claims of proof, he has to prove without a shadow of a doubt and has to collect a specimen. Now, if this means that he has to actually capture a Bigfoot so it can be studied and confirmed, then I say fuck the scientific and governmental protection. Leave them alone. We have coexisted with them now for thousands of years, and they have not shown themselves to be any kind of threat. I'll leave you with this. If Bigfoot is real, he doesn't need our protection. He needs our absence. All right, so there you have it. We finally did the Bigfoot episode. <laughs> I actually, I had a blast doing this episode and doing this research, honestly. <laughs> yeah. We watched the entire Todd Standing documentary, almost two hours yeah. of Todd Standing <laughs> in the Woods. <laughs> Get it? Todd Standing Nothing. in the Woods. <laughs> Yeah. I've been waiting to use that joke this whole time. Oh, God. <clears throat> so sometimes he's kneeling. Sometimes he's yeah. in a ghillie suit running around being crazy. Yeah. But those shots in particular, just, we'll, we'll talk about that. But first, I want to give a big thank you to Nick Corchain, um, longtime patron of True Crime Guys and Sandu Podcast, and we appreciate that very much, Nick. Great suggestion. Although Bigfoot was on our list, you yeah. just bumped it up a lot um, by suggesting it, and I'm so glad you did. I needed this episode. Yeah. I talk about it all the time. Like, I love covering missing persons cases. I love covering these tragedies and whatnot. I don't love covering them, but I like getting the news out there. Yes. Like, that's Spread one of the main work. purposes I started this show. 
but it is nice to get a little a little breather, a little palate cleanser here. Mm -hmm. um, but inadvertently, now I'm more confused about Bigfoot than ever. <laughs> right. Uh, now I I don't know. I, I don't not believe. Yeah. I don't not believe. Yeah. Um, Todd Standing's videos. Guys, we've linked everything below, and you can also go on YouTube, search Discovering Bigfoot, mm -hmm. um, Todd Standing, and you will see the entire documentary um, right there. You can watch it for free on YouTube. So it's not the most well-produced documentary. <laughs> uh, some of the music absolutely drove me insane. I'm like, yeah. what in the fuck but are you thinking right here? Person. True, true. I'm always scrutinizing but audio. But there was some but heavy like changes that were I was, nauseating. Whoa, yeah. man, I'm glad I don't have headphones on. You would have blew my brain out the other side of my head. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. But, so... We have to, I have to ask, uh, Kristen, my wife is here with me. How rude of me to not introduce her. Hi. She's not on every after show. So, you know, sometimes I, I carry on and without introducing you, but <laughs> my wife, Kristen, also writer of Strange and Unexplained, joins me today to talk about Bigfoot and our theories, yes. which we have discussed quite a few over this week, searching, <laughs> researching the Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, and I think I got a pretty good theory. And it's we talked. Interesting. It's pretty interesting, <laughs> yeah. uh, to say the least. Yeah. Um. So interesting that we may do a Sandu stories based yes. on this very, yes. this very theory. <laughs> so here it is. Hear me out, people. Right. Okay. So regardless of what you believe and what type of conspiracies you believe, you have to know that in some point in time in our history, in our scientific history, mm -hmm. and I'm not even talking about the U.S. I'm just talking. I bet every country. Yeah. has these types of experiments where they have experimented with humans and other species in mingling DNA, yeah. splicing, mm -hmm. hybrids. Guys, that has been proven like over and over again. People have been fucking around with human DNA right. from the start, trying to create a what a, a better a better yep. species, Person. basically yeah. a stronger species. Yes. Most of the time, it's for war. Most of the time, it's for whatever, yeah. mm -hmm. whatever advancements they want to claim. But you'd have to be just ignorant to think that your government, at some point in time in history, has never experimented on humans in this way. Right. All right? Now, with take that into <laughs> consideration. So you're experimenting on humans, right? And what, you're gonna, what are you going to splice these humans with most likely? What is going to be the first things that you want to splice human DNA with? And it's going to be your apex predators. Yeah. Your biggest yeah. primates, if you're your biggest bears, yeah. even. Like, it's, a lot of people always say human-gorilla mix, but I'm like, nah, it's more like a human bear. Yeah. Almost. Mm -hmm. Of because some of sort. The size. Right. So, there's only, according to uh, Mr. Standing, mm -hmm. there's 15,000 of them, right? Yes. 15,000 is not that big of a number, mm -mm. okay, to be amongst an area bigger than the continental U.S., a very dense forest with tons of isolated areas, mm -hmm. right, where the government says that they release animals that are aggressive to humans. Yes, like bears and like wolves, bears, wolves and things that are trapped. Mountain lions, mm -hmm. things like that. How crazy? Why, why would it be crazy to assume that they release these experiments out there Mm -hmm. And that would be why they're so fucking intelligent. They're half humans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know, I know, it's crazy. <laughs> but the tracks that they find and all this and whatnot, like, they're not that far off of humans. Yeah. They're not that far off at all. Mm -hmm. For instance, Todd Standing is 6'5", 230. Yeah, he's a big dude. When he puts his foot 
in the Bigfoot thing, it's like, man, if your foot was a little bit wider. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not crazy yeah. to think that these that these could be human hybrids. It, I know it, it's an off the wall theory. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's better than a lot of theories of like, oh, they've just lasted all this time out there. They just you mean they've just been reproducing for thousands of years? Because it is no doubt that hundreds of thousands of years ago there were creatures this big. There are fossils of mm-hmm. huge feet. Mm-hmm. Huge human feet, yeah. right? There were creatures this big mm-hmm. that were we some type of humanoid. And, and yes. Different things of different, there is evidence of yeah. that. But you really think they could have lasted this long undetected? Not if the DNA is not preserved somehow and then spliced with a freaking human. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, yeah. It's. I think it's just as, it's, as likely as all the other theories. I think more likely. <laughs> because, listen, because for one, that would explain why they all look different. That would explain why every time, okay, if you're going to fake Bigfoot pictures and videos, why not make them look consistent? That's one thing that, that kind of rubbed but, me the wrong way. Everybody's like, you know, these things exist. And even this guy who presented a couple of them, not that they can't look different. It's just that they were kind of, there was kind of a drastic difference from one to the other. Yeah. And the only thing that makes me really question that is where do we all, as humans, get our diversity from intermingling our DNAs, right? And right. if you're trying to say that this this creature has lived in isolation forever, then that means they would consistently look the same way, right? Not necessarily. There could because be different. There's no, but there's no big mix of DNA. Because right. Okay. Yeah. If they're if they are breeding amongst themselves, and right? There's only fifteen. The they would look the same. Yes, and they've been the same for thousands and thousands. But of not years. if they're genetically modified humans. Then they would all look different. No, that's what I'm saying. Because like, every <laughs> DNA experiment would be a little bit different. Yeah. They would use a little more of this strand or a little mm-hmm. more of that. And then maybe the eyes change. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. So uh, <laughs> if, if Bigfoot, if if Sasquatches exist, big feet. Sasquatch what is it? What's the plural of Sasquatch? I like big feet. <laughs> right? <laughs> is that a herd of big feet? I don't know. <laughs> it, just, it just makes sense. Um, <laughs> but... If they are to exist, what do you think the greatest possibility? What's what's your answer to their existence? How did how how are they still here? I'm one of the people that think that they are an a species that have existed alongside us this entire time. But my I think if they have, then that means that they're most likely more underground. Than we think, and I think that's why people can't capture them. They can't, like the only, the ones they see coming up are ones that, like Todd Standing's um, theory is they have day watchers. Okay. So they have yeah, like yeah, I remember they have like centuries yeah. posted and stuff yeah. during the day, and kind of like that. Like there are some that come up and do their checks or whatever. And, of course, maybe they come up, but I think it's very likely that if they really do exist, the only way they can exist... Is underground <clears throat> of some way. Yeah, in a right? cave. Yeah. And that would explain, like, how we don't find they're dead. If they're already underground, like... Yeah, We they wouldn't would... find them, because usually an animal like that would, would have an area... Like, think now, elephants, where they have, right. like, elephant graveyards. Absolutely. Like, like they're smart they enough to... they had a boneyard in their cave? Yeah. And I, I think of them as like a majestic style animal, right? Where they, just to reproduce, they probably only have one big foot at a time, right? Let's right. just say, let's just say they are. We're talking total hypothetically that they're yeah. real right now. Mm-hmm. They would only have one big foot at a time because they're still a mammal, right? 
Um, and I bet that that process, that gestation period, would take a long time. A long so time. it would be difficult mm-hmm. for them to reproduce. I think there would be a uh, lot about them that we would find just insane. And oh, I think that's why it, what is so hard for us, if they exist, to discover them. Because we're looking at them through our lens yeah. of hunting and gathering. And the way that they live and exist is completely different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Who's to say they don't consume their dead? I think, yeah. You know? Yeah, and that's, that's something true. that we would find strangely barbaric. But right. in their nature, that they've been doing it forever. Maybe it's a ritual. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we, we can't find them because... We can't look at them objectively without our own, oh, but they would do this because of this, you know? Right, exactly. If they truly are this elusive, then we don't know That's shit about them. That's why it takes someone crazy like these people to now, find them. Now, talking about like coming up on their dead and whatnot, that is a big argument for doubters, right? Mm-hmm. They're always like, well, why have we not found any Sasquatch bones? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Les Stroud made a great freaking <laughs> observation. He was like, I have been tracking grizzlies for 20 25 years yeah, or something like that some ridiculous amount of time and he has never come across grizzly remains yeah or wild or like bobcat remains nope. for instance puma remains none of these big predators nope. never that's kind of yeah. crazy mm-hmm. you know because typically the only time remains are left in a weird place is when an animal was killed or chased it was prey yeah right either way it was prey Apex predators, they don't just lay out in the open and die. No, they're not going to lay beside the walking trail and, and die. Mm-hmm. No, they're going to go high. They're going to go to a cave. They're going to go underground. They're going to yep. go, who knows? Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be laying out to be observed yeah. and to be found. Mm-hmm. And if Sasquatch are real, then there's more than one of them, and they could, they're smart enough to hide their dead. If right. elephants are, then they I'm are. Like, if you they're know what I mean? smart enough to avoid detection for this long, even with all the technology that we have. Right. And you really think they could just be dumb enough to just, yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Leave their dead okay, family. that's another argument. People are always like, oh, well, why have we have detected them? We got hunting cams and we got this, blah, blah, right? blah, blah, blah. Well, if they are <laughs> created by the government, <laughs> they are not going to let you find them. Nor so, like, do, if, are these people going to want to be found. Imagine being experimented on and being, babe, you would feel so isolated from society. Mm-hmm. But you don't think there would be like one that's like, oh my God, I'm going back. Like, I'm going to expose all this shit. You know, that would, Good you don't Lord. think. Or maybe they. You would be I a mean, freak show. An absolute freak right, show. Right, I was going to say, in this day and age. Though, so. I mean, instant fame, but more than you want, guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. You can't hide. You can't take that costume off. Yeah. You're Chewbacca 24-7. Right. I don't know. I'm just like, if they capture me and they do that shit, release me out in Canada. My ass is going to be right back down here. <laughs> You're going to come back? Yeah. I know you ain't. I'm going to expose it because <laughs> I would be pissed to know that that's where Bigfoot came from. They don't They don't use people like us. We're, we're tied into the world. We have too many ties. We're expected to, to show up and do things. Right. Like, is this where all those yeah. people who go hiking in the in the national forest and disappear, is, is this where they go? Right. How many people go missing in oh the Oh, my US God. Thousands. Thousands of them. Right. Especially in national parks and on hiking trails. Right. And to, to come up with a total of 15,000, that's not even crazy. No. That's not even that much. No. Oh, God, no. It's hundreds of thousands. So. Right. It's insane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't believe at all before I started researching Bigfoot, really. I don't think... I, I would safe to say, I'm like, no, Bigfoot's not real. Yeah. But now I'm on the fence. <laughs> like, I kind of hope it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of hope Sasquatch do exist, Yetis, Abominable Snowmen, yep. whatever the hell you want to call it. 
And it is funny that lore from all around the world, which we started this episode with, that phrase, I love how you put that in the timeline because it's so true. The lore from around the world, everywhere you can find something that resembles a Sasquatch, yep. no matter what country mm-hmm. that you're from, which which I believe gives credit to my theory <laughs> that humans were experimenting with whatever apex predators they had. Yeah. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, a person in a snow, uh, in a polar bear in a snowy climate yeah. might Make give you an abominable snowman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a grizzly? Boom. You got fucking Nobby here in Kayser or whatever, you know? Black bear or something. I don't know. But (laughs) just saying, guys, it needs to be considered. It's not thrown out there enough. No. (laughs) Of course, and if that is the case, that is one we will never have proof of. Right. They're making sure of that. We will never have proof of that. Because they'll always make that person crazy. Yeah. So so no one can disprove me either. (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. Suckers. All right. Well, that's enough from us. You got anything you want to add? No? You good? Yeah. All right. Well, let's check in with Lauren, guys. Let's see what he thinks in this week's Lauren Synopsis. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren. It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. It's time for Lauren... It's time for Lauren Synopsis. Breaking down the case like... Breaking down the case like cardboard boxes. What's up, people? Lauren here. Here to get my thoughts on this week's Strange and Unexplained. Bigfoot. All these episodes. You finally got to Bigfoot, Michael? Really? This should have been, like, one of the first five episodes, I thought. But, you know, staying elusive like Bigfoot with this episode. Finally getting around to it. I respect that. So Sasquatch, is Sasquatch out there? He, she, whatever gender they want to go by, is Bigfoot out there? Have they been hiding out for all these years, all these centuries, all these millennia, burying their own as to stay hidden because they know the dangers of being seen by humankind perhaps? Or maybe they just don't exist, which is kind of the camp that I'm in. And my biggest argument for there not being a Bigfoot is not a common theory, but hear me out. There's a certain percentage of every creature, us included, human beings, and it might be higher for us, especially in modern times, that is just dumb. And we, you know, there's a certain percentage of, like I said, every creature that is just dumb and they get, they make dumb decisions and they get killed. Even deer, even these elusive creatures out in the wilderness, a certain percentage of them are not as intelligent as others. And those are the ones that get taken out because they make bad decisions and they take risky decisions and they go out into the open when they shouldn't. And a hunter takes them out just like, you know, any, uh, prey animal gets preyed upon by predators because they're the weak. They're, they're not quite as intelligent. They make stupid decisions. There would be, if there was such a thing as a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, there would be a certain percentage of them that would be dumb and they would blow it and they would get seen. They would walk out into the open. They would walk into a city they would make some dumb decision. There's no way that every one of them is so intelligent that they're capable of always not being seen. And also there's things with technology like trail cams that people mount up to trees in the middle of the wilderness and they record movement. You wouldn't, you, they would have caught the movement of a Bigfoot at this point. Um, and, and all we have is these grainy, grainy photographs and videos, and it looks like a man walking in a suit. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's all. I've never seen any convincing footage or photo of a Bigfoot. 
um, unfortunately, because I, I think it would be amazing if we found them. But actually, at the same time, it would be depressing because we would just exploit that species as we do most things as humans. That's what we do. We'd poke and prod them, pony them around, put them on display, put them in a fucking zoo. It's it's really quite crazy, the things we do, like riding elephants and all. Just taking these mythical, amazing creatures and just like making them our bitch. It's stupid for the most part. Um, and really, we should just view them from a distance uh, in their natural habitat and their environment. But no, we have to capture them, put them in these cages and then parade them around and make them do fucking tricks for us. So it's probably the best thing. If, if Bigfoot is real, um, I'm glad, happy for them that they've stayed hidden because that's definitely the best choice to hide away from us. Um, but that being said, like I said, don't believe it. Just mainly because a certain percentage of them would be dumb and ruin it for all of the rest. But maybe those are the ones they kill and bury. Maybe they kill the dumb ones and bury them. Maybe they're that smart. That like, hey, you're too dumb. You're going to get us caught. I'm going to kill you and bury you. So that's my thoughts on Bigfoot. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week. All right. I love how Lauren thinks the only way they could have ever stayed secluded is if they just killed off all the dumb ones. <laughs> what if they weren't dumb, Lauren? What if they were smart, intelligent people that were experimented on? And now they have the wherewithal to hide, right? But he's right, though. He's right. They, I feel that I feel that in my gut, right? If, the, if there were even 15,000 of them, with the way humanity is, with a camera around every corner, hunting cams available now... I just feel like there's there's plenty of ways to capture this. Uh, for instance, I was just reminded of this one of this one thing in the documentary um, where Todd Standing he would come across these TP shaped structures. Um, you know, it could have been made by people. Honestly, I mean, Todd was in those woods all the time. You think he's the only one? I don't know. But anyways, he would come across these TP straight structures, right? And he would say that they were built by Bigfoots. And, or big feet, <clears throat> and he would put apples on them, on these little branches. He would stick them on to the uh, apples and pears. He'd stick them onto the structure, and then the next day, they'd be gone. Okay, why not set up a fucking game cam at the structure? Set it up at the structure. Let's see what's taking the damn apples. But instead, he chooses not to, and for whatever reason, and then maybe he thinks that the Bigfoot that the Sasquatch will smell the camera and the human gear? I don't know. But for whatever reason, he doesn't. And then he shows up later and all the food's gone. And he's like, oh, it had to have been a Sasquatch. Nothing could have reached this high. And I'm like, a squirrel could have climbed up there and nibbled at those apples. Like A raccoon is a great culprit for this crime. Because a raccoon would be light enough to crawl up these structures, but also strong enough to pull the apples and carry multiple apples away. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just not convinced with, with little things like that. Um, like I say, my theory is out there, and I feel like it's just as plausible as anything else at this time. But the Todd Standing, the documentary, watch it if you want. Fine. But definitely check out the clips. Check out the actual video, the footage that he has of the three different Sasquatch or, you know, humanoid primates that he has check those out let me know what you think and we'll go from there could it be faked absolutely absolutely but how and why you know those are my only questions so 
definitely worth checking out. I had a blast doing this episode, guys. As always, if you want to hear more Strange and Unexplained content, if you like hearing these episodes early, you can hear them on Thursday, if you like, by joining Patreon, patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. And for just five bucks a month, you get access to everything we make here on True Crime Guys Productions, including Sandu Stories, which is our audio drama that we do once a month that is loosely based on a true crime sometimes. And sometimes we have our own ideas, our own little stories. Um, We have a very interesting one coming up in a couple weeks that will be based on the Jacob Wetterling case that we just covered on True Crime Guys. So if you haven't checked that out, please give that a listen. If you haven't listened to our other podcast, True Crime Guys, please listen. It's available wherever you get your podcast, as well as Full House Fantasy Football podcast as well. That Lorne hosts with another friend of ours. His name is Tori. So we we got a little bit of something for everybody here on TCG Network. All right, guys. Well, that's it. We'll be back next week for another Strange and Unexplained case and then Sandu stories after that. So you'll hear me and Andy on Strange Shorts here on the free platform. All right. I'll see you next week. Until then, be strange. Just don't be strangers. See ya. check out all the other programs on the TCG network. Every Wednesday, a new episode of True Crime Guys proper, Strange and Unexplained on Mondays, and Full House Fantasy Football on Fridays to start your weekend. If those aren't enough, head on over to our Patreon account, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of content, including older episodes and other Patreon exclusives like Strange Shorts, Sandu Stories, Higher Thoughts, and the 5-Minute Murder Show. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. How How do you shut this thing off? Over? Oh, my God.